0: This insert is brought to you by Radio K Pulpit on seven to nine AM. Visit us on www.kpulpit.co.za. Thursday mornings, this time means we connect with head of department of systematic theology and ecclesiology, the director of the Bayes Nodia Centre for Public Theology. It's Professor Dion Foster morning, Dion.
1: What a mouthful! What a mouthful! But it's true. Ecclesiology.
0: <laughs> Ecclesiology. I like so. So the the weather. You're a man who loves a sunshiny day. And yes, uh, yes. I could tell you, I get weather lightest quite easily. And uh, you get weather lightest too, which isn't a scientific term. I invented it. I'm sure it at some point in my life. But it's uh, how easily we become so shifted by whether or not the wind is blowing or whether it's murky or dreary or rainy, or whether it's bright sunshine. And I know when it's sunny out there, it lifts your already heightened spirits to new heights.
1: Oh, I love it. I love it. I don't mind a bit of rain, but uh, being someone who, who tries to, uh, you know, Cycle 90% of the time, mm. drive a scooter the other 5% of the time, and be <laughs> in a car for 5% of the time. Rain is not—it's not always that comfortable. You know? I'm sure. Sunshine, sunshine has quite a huge uh, impact on my life. You know. <laughs>
0: I, I've been looking at what's happening around us in the news, and the news is one of those that control us so much. Our emotions almost attach to it. Our outlook on life and the future is almost attached to the news headlines as opposed to what we believe about a uh, God who's actually in control. We look around at the world and we are quick to condemn or point our fingers or have our opinion, and we're not afraid to air those opinions. And sometimes we'll do it even in a, in a a in an unnecessarily... I don't know, exuberant way that borders on excessive and almost violent. Uh, but we're actually called to be part of the solution. We're always looking elsewhere, Dion, for someone to solve the problems, aren't we? The hands and feet of Jesus, aren't aren't we the people are supposed to rise up to the surface and bring the change?
1: Absolutely, Brad. You know, it's it's, it's quite an interesting uh, thing to think about. I mean. You know, one of the things that that separates Christian ethics from general ethics, that separates the ways in which Christians should live, from the general moral code which which may dominate in any particular society, is the fact that we believe that there is a God, Mm. and that that God has a certain nature, which is good, and that the goodness of God's nature means that God desires good things for creation, and and that we are are co-responsible with God, that God Somehow, I, I have no idea why God would do this, but somehow God chooses to trust us to be co-laborers in, in God's project of, of making the world good and, and making it a better place. And, and you know, I'm, I'm struck by that constantly when, when I think about, you know, what is the good thing that I should be doing with my life? If I have choices, um, if I'm confronted with making decisions, Uh, When I'm pressed in a corner, particularly, and I Mm. find, wow, you know, I'm going to have to do something which is tough or difficult, how do I decide what is the right thing to do? And I think that's a very, very important question for us to ask as Christians. And and there are at least two reasons for that, Brad. The Mm. one reason is, of course, we should ask that question because God is trusting us to be part of the solution. God God is trusting you and me to say, hey, Dion, hey, Brad. Uh, hey, listeners, I want you to have the joy of sharing with me in the goodness of how I have intended the world to be. Mm. You know, um, one of my favorite theologians, Stanley Howell, uh, always says, you know, uh, the purpose of the church is not to make the world a better place. We mm. sometimes think it is. He says the purpose of the church is to show the world how to become what God created it to be, oh how to become that good place, that good thing. And I guess then that means that that's my purpose and your Mm. purpose, is to say, well, regardless of my station in life, regardless of the circumstances that I face, uh, irrespective of of whether I am very powerful or hold more sway within my home, it doesn't matter so much. What matters is, am I living in a way now that honors Christ? Now, I read a beautiful story this Mm. week yeah, um, Brad. It's about Alfred Nobel, uh, the the person who who instituted the Nobel Peace Prize. And um, he lived from 1833 to 1896. And, and is best known, probably his name is best known for that Nobel Peace Prize. But a, a less well known fact um, about Alfred Nobel, I didn't know, don't know if you knew this, was that he was the inventor of dynamite.
0: Dynamite. Yes, I knew that.
1: <laughs> wow. Well, well, I didn't know that. No. So. So I found this so interesting. He was a chemist and an engineer and uh, uh, an inventor and uh, a weapons manufacturer. And in 1888, so about eight years before he, he died, his brother Ludwig died. And the French newspaper uh, mistakenly thought that it was actually him died, Alfred Nobel, and they wrote an an obituary about him uh, in the newspaper without contacting his family, and the obituary was scathing. It condemned him for his invention of dynamite, and it said, and I quote this, the merchant of death is dead. Dr. Alfred Nobel, who became rich by finding ways to kill people faster, died yesterday. Now, when he read the obituary, he, he was devastated. I mean, you can imagine. And he, he suddenly got to see his life from how others may see it from the end. He got a bit of a, a foretaste of how he would be remembered. And so the story goes that he, he used the last eight years of his life and eventually wrote it into his will and testament to set aside the establishment of a prize for peace. Isn't that beautiful? Yes. So, so, the Nobel Peace Prize, which he set aside uh, two hundred and fifty uh, million u s dollars in that time, a massive amount was set aside to to try and establish peace. Brad, you know it struck me i I wonder if if I was to have the opportunity to look back on my life today from the perspective of the future, mm. um, would I be the person that, that others would say there is a person who exemplifies the character of Christ. There is someone who, who lived for what God wanted in the world, for goodness, for reconciliation, for love, for flourishing, for wholeness, for generosity. Uh, there is someone who lived in that way. And it caused me this week to, to think very, very deeply about what Paul writes to the Corinthians. He says in 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 1, listen to this. And I think this is what, what I sense in, in Alfred Nobel's life. He said, let us purify ourselves, on everything that may contaminate both the body and the spirit mm.
0: Dion, when I think about making a difference and the state of the world, um, I know that when we say the state of the world, we feel like it 's impossible to do anything, but we 're supposed to you know eat that elephant one bite at a time, so. I suppose we need to look at our families and then our streets or our neighborhoods and then build up from there as our areas of influence differ and overlap and allow us all to bring change into our areas. This idea of, you know, everybody's really got it quite difficult, so we're all just trying to get by um, is it? I, I feel it can't be a cop out anymore, um, because no matter where we are, there's always somebody less fortunate, and there's always somebody more fortunate, unless you are the, you know, the owner of Amazon, and I'm sure he's got his own fair share of problems. So, you know, this idea of us, you know, we're already struggling, but there's always someone below us, and always someone above us, and so there's always some, all, always an opportunity to either receive something or give something, but mm-hmm. yet we don't do enough of any of that and so we're kind of stuck and no wonder things are not changing i know that's an awful generalization because there are many people who are doing amazing work but it feels like this cop-out has to end at some point
1: brad you know i mean think about this you know um god is going to god is going to hold you accountable that's what the parable of the talent is all about not Hmm. for someone else's life but for your life and so you know jeff Bezos from amazon he'll have to answer and, uh, you know, Nelson Mandela had to answer, and, mm. you know, uh, Cyril Ramaphosa will have to answer, and your bishop will have to answer, and your grandmother, and <laughs> so will you. And and the thing I think for us as Christians is to say, let us live our own lives faithfully. Let yes. us say, Lord, what is it that you have given me, and how can I use that faithfully in service of your will and your kingdom? And and for the achieving of the purposes that you have given me to do. Because mm. I think one of the things we're going to discover, and I've said this all along, Brad, is we're going to discover one day when we stand before the throne of God that that the prize winners there, <laughs> the ones who get celebrated. They're not going to be the, the business tycoons or the mm. politicians or the TikTok stars or the professors. <laughs> the people who are going to get celebrated there is, is the mother of three children, single mother who worked extra hours to provide for her own kids and and, and loved them faithfully and raised them. That's, that's the kind of thing Jesus is going to say, well done, my good and faithful mm. servant. Uh, so I really do want to say to, to all of us who are listening today, and, and, and I want to take this as seriously as I can for my own life, and that's to say, be a difference maker where you are. Bloom where you're planted. Um, don't wish to be elsewhere. Don't say, I'll wait until I get somewhere else to, to do it better. Just say, Lord, what is there that I can do today that is most loving, most most faithful, uh, most in character with who Jesus is, and, and how can I do that to the glory of your kingdom?
0: People drive, Dion, from all around just to be able to go and see those flowers up the West Coast where there's just actually one little flower that's bloomed next to another little flower and there's enough of them to create this carpet of something magnificent that people will drive from everywhere to go and see. Imagine we could all just bloom where we are planted, me next to you, next to her, next to them, and create something that attracts the world and says, I'll come from anywhere just to see that and be a part of that. Wouldn't that be something?
1: What a beautiful image. That is absolutely stunning. That that is the perfect illustration.
0: <laughs> Thank you, Dion. I'll take that. <laughs> <laughs> to to you add to me and to everybody's listening, let's go bloom where we're planted. Have a beautiful day and thanks that so we can spend time in your company. Dion, be blessed and stay safe and be well.
1: Thanks, my friend. Have a good
0: week. Bye bye. Bye
1: bye.